So I'm a father of one. I gotta find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 24th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glynn. Yes, I usually produce this great podcast, but Trey is off. So for today, I am taking on a new role as host. I am joined right now by Brandon Marcello, national college football writer for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, I wanted to have you on because you got to experience something that not a lot of people have over the past year. You went to a college football practice. You went to Fayetteville, Arkansas. You got to watch Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks. I'm sure for you, it was very enjoyable to be back at a practice once again after obviously having to be away for so long. You know, as a reporter, we're so accustomed to like go on these spring practices every day and covering things and traveling and seeing coaches and players and talking to them up close. But man, this last year, as everybody knows, life has changed. And I'll tell you what, going out there and actually being on the field, I, I forgot like what a wet football field smelled like. I know that sounds <laughs> weird, but they, they, as you guys know, they water football fields like crazy. And just that smell of wet grass hitting the sun, I'd like had forgotten kind of what that was like. And, and, being that close to the players and watching them play uh, at scrimmage, I should say, it was it felt normal. And they allowed a few hundred, I think it was maybe about 1,000, 2,000 fans maybe, somewhere between there, into the stands. And some reporters were on the sidelines. And, man, it was just great to watch and made me feel obviously hopeful for this upcoming football season just as far as not necessarily obviously we're going to have a football season, but we might be – in a normal atmosphere again, we might see full stadiums. And, you know, that was going to be my first question to you. You know, how did it feel? You know, you were away, as I said, for a long time. The pandemic is still ongoing. What was it like being back at a practice? Did you kind of have to, I guess, pinch yourself to make sure that it wasn't just a dream that you were actually back at practice once again with, like you said, you know, a thousand, uh, two thousand fans surrounding you? Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it was a little surreal. I mean, I've been, we're all so used to having to socially distance ourselves when we're out in public and stand on certain, you know, squares or whatever, or when you're in line for something. And of course we had to continue to do that on the sidelines. There was a lot of room to move around and it was just weird. I was still wearing a mask and everything, but it was just strange. It just felt like you were the way I described it is like it was almost like being on an empty beach almost it was just so calming and to be out there and hearing the football pads crack (laughs) and uh smelling that grass and it was a perfect day too it was sunny and it was all it was like 60 degrees it's perfect man and i it just it like reinvigorated me like oh i was like man i wonder if i go to a practice somewhere tomorrow or the next day (laughs) i I, I mean you just want to travel all around everybody yeah yeah that'd be great i mean just to get that that high so to speak and feel normal in a normal time you know you go to practice after maybe you talk to some players you talk to some coaches were you able to still do what you normally do or still i guess somewhat do what you normally would do would you were you able to kind of cover practice somewhat like you normally would with obviously all the guidelines and restrictions that you had to follow 
Yeah, pretty much. I was more or less there just as a as a uh, guest. I wasn't really covering it, but I was I was kind of keeping mental notes and I talked to a couple people on the sidelines. You know, um, I made sure to stay within my boundaries and let them come to me if they wanted to. I actually had a coach on the Arkansas staff text me after practice and goes, Hey, I heard you were at practice. Why didn't you come say hi? And I was like, well, because you were coaching a scrimmage. <laughs> I could have just walk up and go, Hey man, what's up? And he's like, you're signaling in a play or something. But, uh, it felt normal, you know, as a media member, they're still after practice they're doing interviews via zoom, not in person though. I understand at several schools now they're starting to do in-person press conferences again when they're outdoors. They're like having the coach stand in the end zone and the, and the media are sitting or standing in the end zone seat. So they're still like 20 feet away or 10 feet away, but they're talking to each other at the very least in person. That hasn't happened since January of 2020 at a lot of places. So we're slowly getting back there. It's slowly, but surely returning back to normal. So Look, you went to Arkansas's practice, and I want to talk about the Razorbacks a little bit now. Year one under Sam Pittman was sort of a mixed bag. Yeah, they finished three and seven, four straight losses to end the year. But in those last four games, look, they had a three-point loss to LSU, a two-point loss to Missouri, two games where if one or two other things go right for them, they could have been five and five. What were just your general impressions of the job Sam Pittman did in year one and the way the Razorbacks played from beginning to end in 2020? I thought it was fantastic. When they started out hot, as you mentioned, I think they were like three and three in their first six games. They they should have had four wins, actually. Uh, referees messed up a spike call in the Auburn game where it should have been a fumble in Arkansas recovery for the win in the final seconds. Instead, they just said it was a spike ball and Auburn was able to kick a game-winning field goal. So, you know, they did struggle down the stretch, but as you just mentioned, they were all close games. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, listen, I think I wrote in my preseason previews for every SEC team that if they get one win, it's 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 a big win for Arkansas because they're on a record breaking losing streak in the SEC previously under Chad Morris. And the, the key for them in turning that around, one was Sam Pittman coming in and hiring an amazing assistant coaching staff, which he was able to, for the most part, keep in intact, particularly the coordinators and Kendall Bryles on offense and Barry Odom on defense. And the big thing for Arkansas last year was two things on the field when we're talking about on the field was quarterback Felipe Franks. He absolutely changed everything for them and made them competitive offensively. And secondly, Barry Odom totally retooled that defense and made them competitive where they were able to stay in most games, even against the uber talented squads in the SEC, because their defense was so good, particularly when teams got, you know, across the 50, they kind of, when the field shortened up, they were at their best and man, they were great at forcing turnovers and getting things done. And, you know, we'll talk about it here in a second, but I think that defense is going to be really, really good, if not better, once again, this upcoming season. Yeah, let's start with that defense. You know, you mentioned it to me. It brings back a lot of production. Barry Odom back as defensive coordinator. Well, first off, Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool return. That's over 200 tackles total between the two of them. Yep. Uh, Joseph Foucher returns. He had 60 tackles and two picks last year. Is it safe to say this defense is going to be Arkansas's identity in 2021 that they will, without a doubt, be the strongest unit for this team? Yeah, I think so. More than even maybe even early last season because the offense got so much attention because of Felipe Franks, the Florida transfer being a quarterback this year, he's gone, but that defense returns so much production. As you mentioned, you know, in that scrimmage are uh, the folks at hogsports.com our 24 seven sports site. They kept some unofficial stats from that. And you mentioned bumper pool. He led the way with two sacks in that scrimmage. I think they had nine or 10 total sacks in that scrimmage 
several pass breakups, a fumble recovery, and one interception. And the defense was great. At one point, they did third down situations. They did everything from third and four all the way to, I think, third and 11. And they stopped them on seven of eight third down conversion attempts that defense did. So I think that defense is definitely going to be their strength. They're going to lean on them, particularly early as they try to figure out what they're going to look like offensively with a new quarterback. And um, listen, they had to fight off two, at least two other programs to keep Barry Odom as defensive coordinator, including Texas, where Steve Sarkeesian took over. A lot of people would argue, hey, Barry Odom should have left, but he decided to stay there. And I think it's because he realizes he's got a really special group going into this year. And, you know, you mentioned the quarterback, Arkansas, trying to figure out what to do after, obviously, Felipe Franks was the guy last year. He's now gone. It looks like it's really between K.J. Jefferson and Malik Hornsby. They seem to be the two fighting for the job. What was your impression of watching both of them at practice? And and who do you think may have a leg up right now, obviously, as we get through spring? Yeah, just from the eye test, so to speak. You know, I'm not there every day and I talk to certain people. But to me, just watching that scrimmage, it looked like K.J. Jefferson was the guy. At least, you know, if they had to play a game today. I think he completed like 10 to 15 passes, just under 120 yards, had a couple touchdown passes. And he seems to have to be on more on the same page with their top receiver, Traylon Burks, than the other guys on the field. And I think he's got that 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 extra confidence from having been in the system last year. He kind of knows maybe that he's got the edge. And I think that he played more confidently when I saw him over the weekend. So I would say Jefferson's probably going to end up being that guy. He can run it just as well. And in that offense, I mean, listen, Kendall Bryles, that Bryles offense, as we know, what we've seen at Baylor in the past, they love to go downfield. And Arkansas's got some talent at receiver where they're going to be able to do that. And they're stacked really at the skill position spots, in my opinion, considering where Arkansas was just two, three years ago. And they're going to be really good at running back as well. But the key for them is going to be Jefferson maintaining that confidence and being able to play near the level of, say, Felipe Franks last year, where, you know, sure, he had maybe some 200, 300-yard games, but more importantly, he wasn't throwing interceptions and making bad decisions. And, you know, you mentioned when we discussed the defense that I think you said they had eight, nine, ten sacks. They were stopping the offense really on a consistent basis and third down situational drills. Does that worry you, specifically the sacks? Does that worry you that the offensive line might be, I guess, more of a position of weakness, especially, you know, with Arkansas needing to break in a new quarterback, whether it's Jefferson or Hornsby? Yeah, it's a great question. Usually in the spring, and this is what I always lean back on because, you know, usually in the spring, the defense is always ahead of the offense. And it'll be like that again once they get in the first week or two of preseason camp. And so I think that this was like their sixth practice, their 15 year allowed in the spring. So it's early yet. And with such an experienced, defense, as I said, that was so good last year and being led by guys like Bumper Pool this year, I think that was to be expected. But still, the offense had their big plays, both in the passing game and in the running game. And K.J. Jefferson, when he was on the field with that offense, that's when they were at their most their most successful. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that right now if I was an Arkansas fan. Brandon, last one for me. Look, I think fans were satisfied with the results of 2020, but now moving forward with a more normal offseason this time around, fans are going to obviously want to see improvement. You know, I'm not asking you for a prediction or anything like that, but in your mind, what should fans reasonably expect from Sam Pittman and Arkansas now going into year two? Every fan base, particularly when there's a rebuild, you just want to kind of be one or two games 
better than you were the previous season. So I think a very successful year for Arkansas this year would be getting to six wins and getting to a bowl game. I think that would be like, okay, that was a great job. If he wins five games or even four games, I still think you go, okay, we're, and if you see some progress, that's fine. But if they win like three games again, like they did last year, which of course last year they played only an SEC schedule, this year they'll get to a non conference schedule. You got to be, kind of going, okay, where's the progress there? Also remember, I think Arkansas plays Texas in their non-conference schedule. week two, big game. Week two. So it's not like that they've got like a really a pushover schedule non-conference wise, just because they've got Texas on there. But I'll tell you what, I've got that game circled in week two, as you mentioned, because it's so early in the year. Steve Sarkeesian, they're going to be trying to figure out a new quarterback there and figure everything out. They're going to be more talented than Arkansas, but Arkansas's defense, I keep coming back to that, that can make things interesting. And man, if they were to get an upset in week two, I think I think expectations would certainly rise at Arkansas to where it could be a team that would maybe could win seven games or, or maybe more. But right now, I would circle five or six wins for this Razorback team with, of course, just a big question being, where are they going to look like with a new quarterback leading the team. Yeah, I think Arkansas opens the season with Rice on September 4th and obviously the big out-of-conference home game against Steve Sarkeesian and Texas on September 11th. And I think they finish non-conference with Georgia Southern, if I'm correct. But look, Arkansas certainly not short on difficult games this season. Obviously, I believe they play at Alabama, I think, right. at LSU. So obviously the, the SEC schedule alone, you know, before even adding the Texas game non-conference is going to be, you know, a gauntlet as it always is for the Razorbacks. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's life in the SEC and particularly the SEC West where you've got to play Alabama, LSU, and now Texas A&M, which is their, one of their chief rivals in the SEC West that people, a lot of people don't talk about. That's a really kind of a hard-fought game that goes back and forth in this series. And A&M is on the rise. That's a team that's going to start challenging Alabama and LSU for the number one spot in the SEC West. So it's amazing Obviously, just how good teams are in the SEC, but the SEC West is absolutely the toughest division in college football. Certainly some marquee opponents for the Razorbacks in 2021. You can follow him on Twitter at BMarcello. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on and giving me some time. It's fantastic. Thanks for having me. Don't forget, tomorrow is Recruiting Thursday, so you'll hear from Blair Angulo. Trey will be back on Friday. My name's Lance Glenn. Hope everyone has a great Wednesday. Enjoy the nice weather wherever you are, and make sure to listen to the next episode of the College Football Daily. winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.